Yo, what's up, man? This is DV Elias Christ, and you're yeah. now tuned in to We Going In Presents. You know, Keep it locked. It's the government. Back. That's the only way God designed yeah. Never my back, I said you miss me. Supporting them niggas that try to diss me. Always snooping around like something fishy. You're speculating, it's irritating. I'm making my plans to exit. You and your ex are sleeping back around again. So I'ma take that on the chin. Karma is a motherfucker, how could I pretend? Like that shit don't hurt, it does. My love above, I was in your eyes surprised. But when the respect is lost and the checks ain't flowing, Water running dry while you reap what you're sowing. Now you got a sweater to protect you from the cold winds. Ends to a means, it's only a means to an end. When you're pushing past 40 in the bins with no ends. And your mama singing, what the fuck you doing in my crib? Lifestyle changes make the struggle more amazing. God made him king, so there's nothing that can face him. Jewish room, now I'm fading. That was a snippet of Surreal, a new leak from DV alias Christ. Welcome to episode 74 of We Going In Presents, where I'm joined by the legendary DV. You know he's been a trendsetter, being one of the first artists who can actually sing NMC. We talk about how he's been a pioneer and how he's discovered talent throughout the years, including seeing potential in a 15-year-old NEMS. We also talk about surviving the highs and lows of the industry and how faith grounds everything DV does. Stay tuned for part two, where we talk about working with Smooth the Hustler, Trigger the Gambler, and DR Period on Smooth's classic Once Upon a Time in America, what's coming up for him, and much more. There's a lot of jewels being dropped in this interview, so it made more sense to break it into two parts so you could fully digest it. Don't forget to check out episode 73, which dropped earlier this week, and it was an incredible conversation with the one and only General Backpain. Hit up the social media, spread the word, and check out my link tree for all my books available on Amazon. So DV, man, episode 74, We Go In and Presents. It's great to reconnect since it's been about a decade since our last interview. So first off, thanks for doing this, and it's great just to hear your voice again. Oh, shit. Thank you, man. It's, it's, good, to, it's good to still be around, <laughs> you know, all praises. And, and it's good to know that you're still around, kicking, you know what I'm saying, doing what it is that you're doing still for the culture. No, for sure. I appreciate that. And first off, how is everything going looking at the stay-at-home orders and how everything has really slowed down in the music industry in terms of there's you know no shows, no live radio in terms of like artists going to the stations, you know. How are you handling all of these um the stay-at-home orders and just what's been going on? I mean, to be honest with you, I I've been grinding so so hard these past few years that a lot of that, a lot of those, um, if you want to call them opportunities, weren't relatively coming in my direction to say the least, honestly speaking. So none of this that's transpiring is actually affecting me. It's actually, um, effective, (laughs) you know, uh, for me at this point, because people are home, so, you know, you got the undivided attention 
and, you know, those who are so-called busy, you know what I'm saying, aren't as busy these days. So, you know, now it's like it's in a stage. And, and it, you know, for me, I, I'm also looking at it from the perspective of substance overriding the physicality portion of, of the uh, the music industry. So now it's like, I mean, I've always been an artist of substance, humbly speaking. And and, and in my earlier years, I've been crucified for it. I should do party records, you know, and things of that nature. And it's not that I've never wanted to. I'm just very true to my spirit. Like, I make music contingent on where I'm at, how I feel more or less than what I feel can economically make things you know, work. I'm sure there's a gift and a curse to that, but, you know, you stick to your gun. You know, eventually your time on the line, you you know, you'll be coming to the checkout point to, you know, cash in and get out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really feel like it's affecting me too much because um, I've always been a quarantine type person, very low key. You know, not on the scene too much, but enough for my presence to be respected. So I'm I'm just taking this situation in stride. I mean, you gotta uh, it gotta be bad before before it get good. You know what I'm saying? And uh, right now, I feel like the world is on reset. And as we reset, we can reestablish. You know, uh, those who didn't have voices before can now have voices to really say something. And 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 it doesn't all have to be conscious, so to speak, but it should it should be thought provoking and it should have some level of content to it, some level of substance. Definitely. And do you feel like you're almost going to have this kind of rebirth as well? Um, I mean, you know what? I've been feeling like that for a few years now because it seemed like every every year that you know that I've been in it since you know since the shift, you know every other every other year of me putting out music, you know, I seem to have new life or it's been brought to my attention that you know um the the way that I'm doing my music and the way that I'm packaging my music has this, I guess, as you would say, a, a rebirth or, you know, uh, reestablish, reestablishing of, of who I am. And, um, because I'm humble, I don't fear doing that. I don't fear reinventing myself. I've, you know, changed up the way that I do my music a little bit due to the saturation of how everybody is now, you know, rapping and singing. So, you know, for me, I did a lot of singing in the in back in the days. So in in this stage of my career, you know, I do a lot of rapping. And the reason why I do a lot of rapping is to 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 show that the singing is in the crutch. You know, it's not a, a handicap. It's not a go-to because I got, you know, lack of bars or lack of stuff to say with my original voice. Um, God, you know, thank God, you know, I've been blessed with a good, a good enough 
speaking voice that I'm able to utilize that instrument as well to uh, to be an MC. So now I'm doing I, I'm doing it the way I wanted it. I wanted to do it, you know, before it was like people heard the singing and they just wanted to hear the singing, the singing, singing. And I didn't get an opportunity to really expose the true uh, variations of, of, of D.V. Elias Christ. So now being independent, I'm getting the opportunity to flex and really do that. No doubt. Yeah, because if you if you look at this and we've talked about this before, in interviews, but just how ahead of your time that you were with being that dual threat that you were. And I mean, you really showcase that for the world to hear on Smooth the Hustlers Once Upon a Time in America. And really, I mean, the industry almost caught up to you in a lot of ways. Yeah. And just to just to rephrase, because I'm big on laws of attraction is because word would mean I'm gone and I'm here. <laughs> you know, right. I, 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 I'm here. I'm still here after. I'll tell you like this, and this is without naming any names, because I'm not really into the demise of anyone. But for anyone that that knows of D.V. Elias Christ and, and, and the amount of, uh, you know, history that I do have in the game, for anybody that has done my style or bit my style or however you want to, you know, call it, they, they their situations aren't uh, as potent as they once were. And uh, I call it the curse of Christ anyway, because it's like if, if you ain't paying homage and you just trying to like take advantage of, of the style and use it for your benefit to kind of like indirectly X me out. In some godly way, it boomerangs right back to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On the decline of most of those people's uh, situation. So I just think that that could have been the case with a lot of pioneers that that originated styles that they just stay consistent and not allow the outside forces to dictate, you know, um, how they fed the people with their art. Definitely. And when you look at just your career, I mean, you were up at Def Jam at 16. You've got um, obviously appearances on one of the most loved albums in hip hop with Once Upon a Time in America. You've recorded with 50 Cent. You've worked with so many big producers. You know, DR period was really influential early in your career and probably still is to some degree today. Like you've had a lot of different opportunities. And from those opportunities, you know, I'm sure new opportunities came out. But it also seems like you're pretty selective with what you actually will do. Like, it doesn't seem like you just jump at anything in front of you. Because I used to. I mean, back in, I mean, from back in the days to now, I got over 300 records published. Not just out there, like 300, over 300 records published. And I was working, you know, like just really doing my damnness to establish myself. And I had to, I had to think about it. I'm like, less is more. You know, like, it's like buying a, a, a vintage piece of polo, you know, or, or, or some, you know, some vintage or some avant-garde supreme. 
you know, the exclusivity factors is is really what gives that the the, uh, the item value and quality. So for me, I I, I had to uh, take a page out of that boutique mind state and say, you know what, if I'm the guy with, you know, that millions know, and, and but I only have nine thousand and nine hundred and some odd followers on Instagram. I'm cool with that as long as those 9,000 and some of my followers on Instagram is checking for my shit. And um, if we know numbers, and you and I know numbers, if you do 50 times 9,000, <laughs> you know, anyone that's, that's listening that could count, you do the math. So there's a lot of people with trillions of numbers on their pages and Trillions of numbers on their on their videos and stuff on on Instagram, but none of it dictates to, to the actual um, um, fi- financial uh, income or the residual income. None of that translates because people use social media to be anti-social, which is fucking crazy to me. Because if this is social media, if someone leaves a comment on your page. Of course, you can't reply to everybody, but if you have real traffic coming, real algorithms coming to your to your platform, then it shouldn't be hard to to show acknowledgement to the people who's hitting you up on your page, especially the ones that are consistent. So I've gotten crucified for that too. Like, oh, you got to be more exclusive, and I'm like, the fuck, I got a social media platform for that. You know what I'm saying? Like that exclusivity is kind of out the window once you put yourself out there like that. And for me, once again, being independent, it's a great way to touch and feel, pause the people. You know what I'm saying? And and give them that that authentic side of of you. You know what I'm saying? Without the, the without the extra additives and bullshit. No, I think that's I think that's great, and, and being accessible to fans. I mean, when you look at who you communicate with, I mean, do a lot of fans are they fans of the new music, or are they fans that are taking you back to the '90s? Like, or is it a mixture of both? You know what's crazy? I mean, I got a lot of old, you know, the older fans. You know, I hate using that word. The older supporters. You know what I'm saying? I'm 43, so like in my in my age you know, bracket and older because I was young when I came in this shit. So most dudes, you know, when I tell them I'm 43, they be bugging out because they almost 50 now and they thinking I'm in their age because, you know, I've always had an old soul and just been around for so long. I was in places that I shouldn't been, you know, at my age. But, you know, when you come across a little older than how people, no one ever questions. You get what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I have a lot of new fans, to be honest with you. Like, when I went on Spotify and looked at my demographics, you know, I have, you know, from 18 to 22 and, you know, from 20-something to 34 was, like, my highest. And then in the second, the third was, you know, my, you know, my age group and, and, and within that age, that middle age group, you know, called it the middle market. Uh, suppliers. 
So it's a combination of the two, but I still feel like my actual core audience that know about me still hasn't really stumbled on the fact that I have an Instagram or because I, I don't really do the live thing. And, you know, like I don't, I, I utilize it for what it's worth. I just don't uh, OD with it. You know, I, I like to maintain mystery and exclusivity. Um, there's value in, in all of that. You know, you burn yourself out and you're no longer a commodity or people don't relatively want to hear what the fuck you got to say. Right. For sure. So when you look at like what you've done recently, like, you know, working with Shabam Sadiq and J57 or the Gorilla Twins with their new single Adios, which also features Immortal Technique. How do you decide what songs you're going to hop on and collaborate with others versus which ones you might pass on? Um, I, I pride myself on having a pretty good ear for the hot shit, you know? Um, and plus, you know, like in, in this, in this world, you know, a lot of us is all clicked up, you know what I'm saying? Like, so six degrees of separation. I mean, me and El Bill been rocking for 20 some years, you know, since the nonfiction days and you know, when I met them through search from third base, you know what I'm saying? And um, we just hit it off. You know, they were some crazy white boys from, from Canarsie, from the Flossie. And, you know, I was a wild dude from Brownsville. And I I was just, I just liked how they gave us up, too. But they weren't like. They weren't your typical white rappers, though. You know, like, they'll bust your shit. <laughs> you know, like, they're from the sticks. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they weren't, you know, silver spoon dudes, you know, getting an opportunity to spit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really been through head busting shit, you know. But beyond that, motherfuckers are just dope. Bill Bill's, like, one of the nicest motherfuckers I know. And, then, you know, I... I'm work, I work. You know, I work with him. I work with. I mean, I've known them uh, for a very long time because uh, his aunt used to be my artist back in the days. Uh, she went by the name of China White, and she was uh, from um, from Coney Island too. And that's how I met Nims when he was like probably about fifteen, sixteen years old at the time. And um, he was always nice. So to see his progression, I was, I, I was really, uh, I wasn't surprised. I was I was proud, you know, and still am proud of his strides and everything that he persevered through. And then, um, you know, Matthew Racazzino and my dude Trendsetter from Brownsville 300, you know, um, Jojo Pellegrino, that's that's like my brother. You know, we do a we we got a we got a lot of we we've done a lot of work with each other and we got some new shit dropping soon. And um, I mean, the, 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 there's a few. You know, I fuck with Flea Lord. Like he works with my boy Frenchie. Shout out to Flea. Like you know, there's a few people that that I rock with. My man Edo. Me and Edo got a joint together. You know, Elegy. You know. I just fuck with that real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's if it's dope, you know, for the most part, I you know, I fucks with it. Thurston Howell, that's that's my dude. You know, two hours up. You know, I'm big low life. So, you know, all of that energy. You know, Shabam Sadiq, that's the brother 
you know, just try to keep everything unified. But we definitely like the agenda is is really on on pushing this low life, you know, movement to the to the forefront on the music side. Because on the clothing on the clothing side, you know, we got that shit on smash. But with the music side of it, now it's time to really, you know, capitalize and dominate. And um, me and Thirst was talking a few days ago about that. So we got a lot of shit in store on on that side of the fence. And, you know, I rep the L's hard. You know, we got SMG low lives, you know, government official low lives. And, you know, that's just, you know, that portion of of, of that brand that I re- relatively represent on top of the low life, low life situation. So... Yeah, man, you know, everything that embodies the culture, everything that embodies the proper frequencies is is really what I'm fucking with. No doubt. And I mean, those are a lot of incredible artists that you just mentioned and, and talked through. But like, what was it? You know, f- you, let's go back to like 15 year old Nems for a second. Like, did mm-hmm. you see the talent? Like you said he was nice, but did you see the talent that he could make it? Or I mean, did you see a lot of guys with talent and you know, not really have an idea of who might actually, you know. Nah, I don't know. Like, I like, like, Lord have mercy, which is which is my brother from another mother. He called me Quincy Bones, like instead of Quincy Jones. <laughs> he called me Quincy Bones because I be giving bones. You know, like that's a term from back in the days when you like you throwing bones, like you helping motherfuckers out type shit. And um, he called me Quincy Bones. And uh, I just got an ear, man. Like, like that's this is God given. I can hear it. I, I can hear if you gonna go. Like when I first heard Jay Z, no cap. Like before, people was really, really checking for him, and you know we were all getting up, and you know when did the, did the Dead Presidents video shoot? Like a lot of people don't know, like Smooth Trey and Jay and things. Like we always used to get up, especially from like you know, SOs and all of that shit, like, motherfuckers would get up, swap, you know, thoughts, ideas, da 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 Like, they were, like you know, Smooth was initially supposed to be a part of the commission, so on and so forth. But I heard it. When I, when I heard Reasonable Doubt, like, that was his transition from, you know, the fast rapping, I was like, oh, it's a rap. This dude is out of here. And I would tell Swoon and that shit all the time. Like, yo, this dude is going to blow. Like, you can, I can hear it in the cadence. I heard it when I heard Big for the first time. I was like, oh, shit. Because it's it's a certain it factor. When I heard DMX, when I first heard DMX, when I'm talking Warlock DMX. You know what I'm saying? When I heard the the, the Warlocks, because we did, we did shows with them, too, when they were the Warlocks. Before they dropped the war, I, I heard it. I knew. I was like, oh, yeah, this shit is going to go. And that's been, like, my other payoff in the background because beyond all of this music shit, you know, I am an executive, and I've done a lot of executive shit in this music industry. Some, you know, that, that I've spoken on, and some I just choose not to because I'm not relatively looking for any kudos. But, you know, the powers that be that's in this shit, they know my body, they know, you know, my ears, and most of them call me 
a lot. You know, yo, Christ, man, what you think about, you know, the indirect A&R shit? You know what I'm saying? For sure. I mean, did you ever really want to be an A&R at, like, a major label and, like, do that? Or, I, I mean, do you feel like that kind of system isn't what you're into? I mean, I tried. I tried to be an A&R in the scope. You know, shout out to Gene Nelson. Uh, at the time, I, I had... Uh, I think he had Sony now, but when he was at Interscope, I went up there for an A and R position. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I can't really get into detail. Not that there's something that a discrepancy as to why I just don't relatively remember all of the details. But I know it didn't work out, and I'm kind of happy that it didn't. You know, because for for what I bring to the table, skill wise, so on and so forth, I think it's just better for me to be independent. You know, doing doing what I do and giving the knowledge that I actually can give. Um, if I was it to to work in a label, I would probably be the best thing that happened to a label, because I'm I'm tied in, like I'm in the streets, I'm everywhere without having to, to physically move everywhere. Every level of information that is resourceful comes to me, whether I want it or not. These people just tend to give me that intel on what's going on and this, that, and the third. But even from like the drill rap scene, like, like my fingers on the pulse of everything moving. And there's nothing moving that's popping that I don't know about. Period. Like it. It don't. I mean, I, I know about rappers like Riggs and Thirty Eight Special, and you know, like for for the most part. How I mean, if you really look at it, like most of the dudes and and from my era don't like don't know about none of them dudes. Like Daniel Son, and like they don't know nothing about none of that. I know all that shit. I pay attention to everything. Ain't nothing moving that's hot. I knew about Griselda shit since 2015. I put smoothing niggas onto that. Like, yo, these niggas is dope. This is some other shit. Then boom, that shit blew up and everybody started jacking it. I'm like, yeah, I knew I knew Benny the Butcher was going to turn into a beast too. Because funny enough, he reminded me of myself when I was with Smooth and Trigger. Like I was always the quiet one in the in the back, just waiting for my shot to rap and do my thing. And I seen that with him. Like he was like a lion in the cage, just waiting for him to really drum off and just, you know, get his point across to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? You know. And then you got the brothers, which is Conway and Wes, like Smooth and Trigger. You know, and I'm like the cousin, you know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, I just let that, because I'm a supporter of my bros, it was never in my mind on some, yeah, when I get my turn type shit. Nah, I was just, you know, waiting. Like, as soon as they quarterback and throw that ball at me, I'm going to run and do my thing. And uh, so when I, I was looking at their whole situation and I heard, I was hearing him, I said, yeah, that motherfucker there is a problem, man. Watch. I said, y'all sleep if you want. He gonna creep up on that ass. You know what I'm saying? And lo and behold, so I actually entertain myself with that ability. You know, like, 
it's it's amazing how most of that shit just fly across my and I'm a YouTube junkie. You know what I'm saying? So most of those channels I've subscribed to early on. And I and I and, and I pay attention, you know, because that's how if if you if you really wanna be sharp and you really wanna be great at reinventing yourself, you gotta pay attention to what the fuck is going on. And 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 be able to to hear it and absorb all the right nutrients of it without being a biter, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But more or less being inspired by the frequencies that come from it enough to keep your blade sharp and your dart sharp when you're doing what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? No doubt. And what is it about you two that allows you to build those relationships? Because a lot of people have, have been around but don't have the same relationships. So, like, how do you build those relationships and make them strong? I mean, just be straight up. Like, you know, real recognize real. You know that. Look how long me and you known each other. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's like real recognize real. And in and, and, and all the years that you and I have known each other, I haven't changed. I've, I've, you know, I've been this, <laughs> the same OG, you know, since, since, since 16, 17, man. The only thing changed is the skill level. But my feet is planted to the ground. You know, I have... um a great support system, you know, still got my mom's in the cut handling the business and, you know, like my dad is still, you know, prevalent in my life. And, you know, I'm very family oriented. So they keep me grounded. They don't care. Like I've been, they, I've been called Christ since I was 13. So Christ is a nickname for them. They don't look at Christ as Christ. They don't give them, man, get this garbage and put it outside. <laughs> the garbage can. Mr. Christ, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so those things keep me humble, man. And I, I'm I'm just a lover of, of the world. I'm just a lover of God, you know, as cliched as that may sound. But I am a true lover of the creator. I pray maybe about six, seven times a day. I pray for everybody, you know, because it's a high frequency in prayer that goes beyond the factors of the word prayer. It's a whole nother topic, but yeah, man, like I just feel being true to yourself, you know, that that energy will magnetize all of the right people eventually and weed out the wrong ones, you know, but I mean, not everybody like me because I'm very straightforward and I don't want no punches and I don't take no shit, but there's a handful that do that rock and um, I'm just blessed. You know, I'm truly blessed to, to to be able to still be in this shit 25 years and and have the relationships and still have a flourishing career and still get paid from it, you know? No, for sure. And you even talked about your father's support in New Day when you mentioned how you had even lost faith in yourself. I mean, how do you deal with the ups and downs of the music industry and, you know, at times lose faith, but then somehow find it? My family, the support system, you know, and my belief in God, you know, like I, I this shit was different for me, you know. I've I've battled with suicide. I've battled with a lot of a lot of shit in my in in, in my in my time. Um, it's crazy because you know a lot of a lot of kids coming from the ghetto, you know, we suffer from from uh 
a lot of mental illnesses that get swept under the rug because of the embarrassment factors of not wanting to express oneself. And um, ego will kill more people than Corona. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I, you know, I had to swallow that ego and I had to make sure that I allowed myself to be transparent and vulnerable enough to get the assistance that I needed and the support that I needed to uh, further living and, and further living with a purpose and not be selfish enough to out myself knowing the amount of people that, you know, look up to me and look forward for for all of what I do and what I bring, especially my kids. So, yeah, man, you know, that support system is important, man. Having the right people around and right frequencies around is extremely important because it can make or break you. And when you look at writing a song like New Day, where you're really introspective and really letting people in to who you are and the struggles that you're going through, are those songs challenging to write? And do you, do you ever have any kind of, you know, trepidation with sharing that with the world? Definitely. Major trepidation. I mean, <clears throat> the, cra- the, the crazy shit about that, um, I'm, 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 I'm very in tune. I'm a Pisces. I'm very in tune with myself, with my sensitivity levels and my emotions. And um, there are various records that I've written that uh, in the in the process of recording it, I'm I'm starting to connect with what I'm saying, and I'll break down in the middle of the verse. And I record myself. I engineer and record myself. And uh, you know, me and my boy Nick Wiz, we do all of the mixing and mastering ourselves. He showed me how to record and him and my boy Urkel, and I just took it from there. So I love recording myself because of that type of shit. Because I go through the motion. Like, there's a song on my album called Reflection. I went through a lot of shit just to record that record. You know, it's like, there's a lot of songs. Like, there's a record I have out right now called No Turning Back, produced by African. And I remember listening to that last verse of that song and broke down, I mean, dropped to my knees with with happiness and thanking God for giving me this talent that not only I feel is touching other people, but it touches me and on some real shit. Sometimes I'll be having out-of-body experiences listening to my music because it's like something comes over me well, God comes over me. I hate saying something like God comes over me and I'm I'm writing and I'm putting music together on autopilot. So by the time I'm done creating and putting the stacks and the notes and everything together, and then I then I sit back and listen to it after I done, you know, cut all the breaths and, you know, leveled it out and mixed it and you know, got it to, to, you know, got a good post EQ on it so I can, you know, absorb it. And I listen and I, like, sometimes I be fucked up. I see a lot of artists who are very cocky that, you know, perpetuate those frequencies, but it comes across wrong. I know mine would come off wrong. 
like if I went on a tangent on how I record and how I feel about myself and you know a lot of my dudes be like yo you gotta let them know son you know your friends always want to live through it <laughs> like I, I, I've learned to not listen to that shit no I know what you mean just like kind of you know, encouraging that, that confidence, but sometimes that confidence isn't always seen as confidence by others. It isn't, you know, there's a, I mean, I, I just saw the Stefan Marbury story for the first time yesterday. And, and he's a prime example. I, I, I was so connected with that story. It was like, I was watching myself, you know, we both from Brooklyn, he from Coney Island, I'm from Brownsville. But everything that I seen with him, I I, I seen kind of simultaneously simultaneously with me. My whole family is in the music industry, you know, to an extent, and some of them didn't make it. And I feel like it all was shifted to me. Like my mom's was in the game for years. I worked with Shaka Khan and every everybody. You know what I'm saying? Toured the world, signed the Delray Records. Um, you know, all of that. And when I decided to get into the music industry, she, she stopped and, you know, got behind, you know, what it is that I, you know, that I, that I started doing and man, yo, like this, this is, this is everything. This is what, this is, this is it, you know, like, like the Michael Jackson (laughs) movie, like, this is it. Like, this is the best way for me, like that, that, extrovert introverted kid from Brownsville, you know, just figuring out life, you know, this worked perfectly for me because there's a lot of things that I can express to people because of the, the, the vocal tonation of my voice. Sometimes it scares the shit out of people when I'm, when I'm speaking very passionately, it comes across like if I'm beefing, but you know, when I put it in a song or I sing it, you know, it's received a lot better sometimes than when I'm verbally communicating. So it's like the go-to, you know, Clark Kent Superman shit. 